0: The Gator Men's Basketball Podcast is on the air from the CJC on the campus of the University of Florida. It's the next generation of Gators sports media personalities bringing you the latest in Gator sports courtesy of the Orange and Blue Sports Network. It's your Gators Men's Basketball Podcast.
1: Welcome to the third episode of the Gators Men's Basketball Podcast on the Orange and Blue Sports Network. My name is Miguel Molina. Here with me is my co-host, Nick Diaz. Today, we will talk about what happened in the blockbuster Kentucky game, how the Gators have drastically improved in the last four games, what the ceiling is for this men's basketball team, and we will preview the upcoming matchup against Texas A&M. All right, so that Kentucky game, I mean, there's only one way you could... Describe that, like a cinema masterpiece. What do you think about that game?
0: Yeah, go. it really showed the the amount of grit this team has. They moved to 15 and 5th in the SEC. And, and when you really look at that game, it was really about pulling it out of the fire, right? You're down 83-79, just under 40 seconds remaining. Somehow, because of all thanks to Walter Clayton Jr., goes ahead and ties the game up at 80-40, pull it out in overtime overtime and this gators team has always won the games they're supposed to win this year and they finally got over that hump against kentucky and i really feel you know they they've really been building up to this moment and they really went out there and seized it against kentucky miguel
1: yeah you you put it perfectly i mean this game like it was a test i think it was definitely a test of like what this like where are we going to realistically see this team and they went into Kentucky. Things were looking a little iffy. It was a back-and-forth affair. I mean, everyone was hitting shots, right? Like, there was times during the second half where, like, no, uh, like none, none of the teams could stop each other. And, it, you know, to pull out a game like that where you know that it's going to just— the only way you're going to win is you got to out-make the other team. And you just got to—you basically can't miss because Kentucky wasn't missing. They weren't missing at all. And then, you know, we were down—the uh, Gators were down— Like, I think what four points or something, and then Tyree Samuel gets a crucial like, he gets blocked right off his layup, gets a crucial put back in, grabs his rebound. That was huge. I think Tyree Samuel had an incredible game as well. I mean, 22 points. Um, and then, you know, he dominated, I feel like, on his end, being able to hit mid-range jumpers, too. That's something that he's been improving on in this season as well. Um, as well, like Zion pulling like, I think he was huge in that game. I mean, especially in overtime, like, you know, being able to knock down those free throws were crucial. Now, I think there was a little bit of scare in that overtime as well where, like, you know, they were up seven, and all of a sudden, okay, this guy comes down the court. He hits a three, it's a four point lead. All we got to do is inbound the ball and then make free throws, right? No, they turned the ball over, throwing it inbounds. Obviously, I'm sure Todd Golden's going to go to them and try to get them to fix that. But that Kentucky game, man, I mean, that was a huge test for this Gators team. And like moving forward, like, I think that now they have that belief that they can beat a quad four team. I mean, this was the first time they beat a top 10 team away since 2003, almost 20, no, basically 20 years ago for this Gators basketball program. This game was a huge win. And to do it against a team like Kentucky, that's been proven time after time to be a top basketball school. I mean, there's no better way to put it.
0: Yeah. Miguel, this is the Gators first quad one win of the year. Finally, after going Oh and six in previous quad one matchups this year alone. And you mentioned it, Tyrese Samuel, Zion Pullen. Going back to Samuel's stat line, 22-13, but look at him on the defensive side of the ball, right? One steal and four blocks. I mean, this dude was an animal in Kentucky's own building, and going into this game, it was known that it was going to be a high-scoring matchup. Both of these teams, you know, for lack of better words, don't play defense, and... It was really about who can outscore the other team. And our three best guys pretty much stepped up. You got Pullen, 21. Clayton with a three-point masterclass, 23 points. All his makes were triples. And you got Samuel with 22. And so this is really a win that, that gives you a lot of momentum. And it's more of a fact of like the Gators are now, they have now arrived. And it's funny, right, because just, just two weeks ago, we were talking about this team as, as a potential failure, what's going to happen with them, and, and it's crazy how the storyline can change in just, in just two weeks, right? Now we're on, or the Gators are now on a four-game winning streak, right, Miguel?
1: Yeah, a four-game winning streak, and... It's an impressive one, to say the least. I mean, there was a couple games, like you could argue, like that game against Georgia at home was a little little bit too close for comfort, but I mean, you know, after losing big to Tennessee, I mean, that was a, you know, that was tough. That was tough for this Gators team, and then to go into Missouri and take care of business, that was expected. I think they did a good job there, um, you know. Kind of seeing that, okay, we can win on the road in the SEC that, you know, even if it's against a Missouri team, that is not a Tennessee team. Right. But to see that you can win on the road definitely helps. And then they go like, you know, hosting Mississippi State. That was also a really good tune up game for this Gator team. I mean, it was close down the stretch, but they were able to hold it off. They were able to go on some late runs and, you know, able to take care of business. I think that was the game Mississippi State almost came back, right? I think so. But then Georgia, that game, like I said, a little bit too close to comfort. I mean, the Gators had the lead pretty much the entire way. And then all of a sudden it was cut down, but they were able to close it out in overtime. And that's been the thing with this Gators team all year. You know, especially in the last Kentucky game, everyone was saying, well, this team can score, but can they close out? That was the biggest issue in that Kentucky game at home. And then they, you know, that was the test. Again, going into Kentucky and you're like, okay, you know it's going to be a close game. Can we close this one out? And so I think that's been the biggest growth. Like I would say against Missouri, they learned, all right, we can win on the road. Against Mississippi State, they're like, all right, we can also win at home against a pretty decent SEC team. Then against Georgia, they're like, all right, we can actually close out a game if a team comes back. And then against Kentucky, you put all those pieces of the puzzle together. and now we're looking at a team. Where do you think the ceiling is for this team?
0: Well, I think this team has, has a bright future ahead if, if they can really keep up the play. But, but just going back to those to those four games we, we just spoke about on that winning streak, I think Georgia had to have been the biggest character builder for this team, right? You're up as much as 21 points. You blow it. You allow a team to take you to overtime. And at least just watching that game, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, well, seasons seasons in the trash can, you know, that's it. And to pull that one out, it's a game you should have won by 30. And I think, I think, honestly, I think the best thing is that they only won by four because it, it built a lot of character in the locker room that allowed them to go into Kentucky and and learn how to close out games because the lesson is learning how to close out those big games. It's been a problem all year. Virginia, you lose by three. Baylor, you lose by four. You know, you have Kentucky, that two-point loss. And, and, you know, now you finally go in and you get that win. You break through. And now you go from a team that was – completely out of the picture in terms of March Madness and you're now you have now fully cemented yourself as a team that is in right now you are in you're sitting fifth in the SEC in a three-way tie with Kentucky and Ole Miss and I think the biggest part is staying consistent right winning the games you have to win And accepting there's going to be some games you're going to lose. But as long as the Gators win the games they are supposed to win, this team will end up in the tournament come March, Miguel.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, with this four-game winning streak, you know, one other thing I wanted to add, something they learned big in the Kentucky game that I feel like not a lot of people are highlighting. You know, Kentucky had 14 blocks against the Gators, right? What does that kind of remind you of? That old Miss game, right? Ole Miss had 16 blocks, and you know they got blown out by Ole Miss almost by 20 points. So the fact that Kentucky, the Wildcats, were able to have 14 blocks against them, and the Gators were still able to pull out a win, that just shows that this team is ready for the adversity. I mean, that was the entire conversation in the preseason. This is a new group of guys. They're all very, very young compared to like some of the other teams, like Tennessee, that has like a lot of seasoned veterans. Like this team is young. And so to teach that adversity, obviously, there's going to be a lot of learning stretches and a lot of learning curves. But now heading into what we might think, like, I'm going to just say this. I mean, I think this is not a prediction rather than a spoiler. This team will make the Sweet 16. I think there's no doubt that they're going to make the NCAA tournament. If they continue to play the way they have, the Florida Gators are now in a new groove. They're getting their stride. They're looking great offensively and defensively. They're able to hold hold their own. And I think going into, you know, after the way they handled Kentucky and handling the adversity there and being able to, you know, close out in overtime, away. That's, that's the other thing. It was an away game and they were able to close out. You're gonna be have to be able to do all of that in every single tournament game, and I think that going forward, this this team can go anywhere they like to go.
0: Yeah, Miguel, the sky's the limit, but I I would caution not to get too ahead of ourselves here because a lot can change in just one week, as we have seen, and and now you go in to to play the Texas A and M Aggies, twelve and eight, three and four, in SEC play. However, this team is a bit of a wild card. They do have a quad one win over Kentucky, 97-92 win in overtime. They also beat Missouri. However, they lost to Arkansas, who the Gators beat by just about 18-20, to 20, and, and they lost to Ole Miss only by three. So going into this game on the road, it's going to be a very important game to win, right? Because it's, it's important not to let your foot off the gas pedal. Uh, and Texas A&M, they're, they're a pretty high-scoring team, score around 73, 74 points. And like I said, it's it's going to be a difficult matchup for Florida just, just being on the road, playing against a wild card like the Texas A&M Aggies that can beat any team at any point in time. And, and it's going to be a difficult game, but a must-win for Florida heading into Texas A&M, Miguel.
1: Yeah, I mean, you – a must win like we say that all the time like oh this is a must win but in reality for this Gators team it is I mean every single loss in the SEC it's big and every single win in the SEC is big um you know obviously I think Texas A&M is slightly favored in this game because they're at home despite what the records might show but at the same time like you got to think the Florida Gators have to come into this game and they have to remain humble i think you know going on a four-game winning streak that is really really great and getting a huge statement win against kentucky phenomenal but now you kind of have to forget about all of that because when it comes to sec basketball like we said things can change in one week we could be talking about how they lost to this can texas a&m team and then whether or not they're even going to make their tournament if they start sliding going on a two or three game losing streak if you're on a four game winning streak you gotta make it a priority to you know, keep this momentum. You got to make it five. You have to because you know that this Texas A&M team, they're going to come with you with all that they got.
0: Yeah, Miguel, and and if you're looking in that game, the X factor for me has to be Will Richard. Just two weeks ago, we spoke about his struggles, and and now just looking at the last two weeks of play, and he's really picked it up against Missouri. had 13, Mississippi State had 23. Crucial part of that Georgia win with 18, and then, A great little piece against Kentucky with 9 points, 6 boards, and 3 steals to go along with the block. If he plays well against Texas A&M, I have no doubt Florida will get the win. Now, if you're looking on the Texas A&M side, it has to be Wade Taylor, right? Averaging 20 points on low percentage shooting. However, he's been the best part of this Texas A&M team, and when he plays well, they win. Against Kentucky, the dude dropped 31 points in the win at home. I just want to point out, so this team learns how to find big wins at home. He dropped 19 in the win against LSU, and another 19 in the win against Missouri. Dropped 41 against the loss at arkansas so this dude is a capable scorer the junior out of dallas texas and he's really gonna define what texas a&m can do in this game if he doesn't have a good game well things might things might not to look so hot for the aggies and he's going to be the x factor for them heading into tomorrow afternoon's game miguel
1: yeah i mean texas a&m they you know they're kind of in a similar boat, right? In the sense of, you know, they also beat Kentucky themselves. And in that said, so they know they can beat a team and at home like this team like you said, they're proven and they they know what they're doing at home. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very very interesting for at least to see if all right, the Gators just got an away win, can they double up? This I I do you say, I mean, every game we say like this is the most important like game of the season for the Gators. I wouldn't say it as far as this is, but it is also, it's important to note that this thing needs, it, it's an important game because you go home, like, who do the Gators play right after this? They play Auburn. Auburn is a pretty good basketball school, and they've been playing pretty well, I mean, compared to other teams in the SEC, so you get a good win like this at Texas A&M and you head into Auburn at home you got a lot of momentum and you're going to need all of that momentum to play Auburn. I mean, Auburn has been, you know, they beat USC, Bronny James and over there. Now USC hasn't done too great. You know, they're, they're They have their own problems, but in the sec, Auburn has been doing pretty well for themselves. And I think the big, factor like you said will richard is a big factor but continuing the run through waller clayton jr i mean it seems at this point that he is the number one option for the florida gators and zion pulling like i know a couple podcasts ago i was saying that you know riley kugel needs to be that you know needs to come off the bench and he was closing out those games against kentucky so or not coming off the bench he needs to be inserted in the starting lineup so maybe we don't see that now because of the four game winning streak. And I, you know, I'm a big believer. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I think right now how this team is gearing up and everything with their lineups. And I think they're doing a pretty good job. And so, like I said, Walter Clayton jr. I believe is the key for the Gators to get it done against the Aggies.
0: Yeah. Walter Clayton definitely is the number one guy. And, we spoke about Kugel, obviously, at the time he was playing out of his mind and then he's had a bit of a rough stretch in the last week and a half, two weeks, and, you know, things like that happen. And just to go back to that Texas A&M game, it's, it's such an important game because then you take on 16th-ranked Auburn at home. So just from a record standpoint, you lose against Texas A&M. You have a tough game against Auburn, and it makes it a much tougher because then you look at your SEC record and then you're 5 and 5. So then it makes things a little bit tough going uh, at LSU. Then you or er, I'm sorry, you have LSU at home, then you take on Georgia and then you got to travel to take on 24th ranked Alabama who's number 1 in the SEC. So that national ranking, well, you got to bump that up when it comes to SEC player. They're 7 and 1 and you play Alabama twice in the last couple games of the year. So Despite the competition maybe not being as good in this Texas a and team, it should be a win for Florida. It needs to be a win for Florida just to lighten the burden of taking on 16th-ranked Auburn just next week, Miguel.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. Like As great as it would be to win out, it's unrealistic to do that in the SEC. So you know that you're probably going to drop a game here and there, but if you can go – five games in a row and go, you know, really above the 500 mark, right? That that's huge because then against Auburn, like that's a tough test and, you know, it's at home they should get it done, but if they don't get it done, it but you beat Texas A&M, then you're you're still p- feeling pretty good about this team, you know, in terms of like, you know, SEC tournament seeding, which is everything, by the way. Uh and when, you know, obviously that is a little bits away coming up in March, but you know, we're entering the month of February and so it's it's gearing up Everything is gearing up. And, you know, and with that, this concludes the third episode of the Gator Men's Basketball Podcast. Uh, make sure to follow the Orange and Blue Sports Network on Instagram and Twitter at Gators. Again, that is at Gators, As well, to make sure to follow us on YouTube at the Orange and Blue Sports Network. I'm Miguel Molina with Nick Diaz. Thank you for listening.